0: This podcast is supported by JBS International Incorporated through a grant award from the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, with 0% finance with non-governmental sources. The contents are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official views of nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. For more information, please visit HRSA.gov. Welcome into another episode of Rural Roads, the Art podcast where we discuss the stories, individuals, and everything else in the Rural community's Opioid Response Program. I'm your host, Tim Rabelt with JBS International, and today we're talking about maternal health and wellness with a friend and colleague of mine, Amanda Monlock. Amanda serves as a birth and postpartum doula here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, as well as wearing a variety of other hats. In this episode, we'll be talking about mental health, how to support pregnant and parenting people and other critical knowledge points to best educate listeners on this topic. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. I'm here in person for our first in-person episode with our special guest, Amanda Mylap. Thanks for joining, Amanda.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: This is fun because Amanda is actually, for our family, Abdullah turned nanny turned my wife's best friend. <laughs> so it's actually pretty fun to do this, and we're actually doing it in My daughter's nursery. She's not sleeping in here right now. We're watching her on the baby monitor, but it's fitting. And the reason I, if anyone notices, my voice sounds different is because I have whatever sickness Nina brought home from daycare. So everything is fitting for today's today's topic, you know. So, well, Amanda, you wear a lot of hats. We were talking about it right before. I'm wondering if you could just start by talking about your role, different roles currently and the work you're doing.
1: Yes. So I am a birth and postpartum doula. I'm also a certified childbirth educator. and I am teaching childbirth education classes locally at Mama Bear Family Care. Prior to me becoming a birth worker, I worked in the field of in the nonprofit sector advocating for victim survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. So I have a trauma informed background and I largely carry that into my work today.
0: Great. And. In terms of the classes you teach, what are you covering in those specifically?
1: We have, so we have four classes. The last Mm -hmm. one is taught by an IBC about baby and infant feeding.
0: And what's the acronym?
1: International Board Lactation Certified Consultant.
2: That's a mouthful.
1: Certified Lactation Consultant. It is. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that's not me. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one, we really do a deep dive into the logistics of Labor and delivery, what happens physically to the pregnant body during and after, how contractions work, how delivery works. And then we have another class, which is comfort techniques in labor. And that borrows a lot from what I do as a doula. So that's understanding the importance of movement and position in labor and preparing the mind and the body and all that stuff. And then we have a third class that's about kind of birth planning and mapping out your birth preferences and navigating all of the interventions that you could meet if you have a hospital-based birth.
0: Yeah. Why did you want to get into this work in particular? Was there a draw or like a personal experience or maybe it's all the above, but what drew you to it?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And the answer is pretty common in that my experience with pregnancy, birth and postpartum was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and the birth experience was a little bit traumatic, but especially for me, my postpartum experience was incredibly traumatic. Yeah, And coming out of that, having learned what I did and healing through those experiences. I got a little burnt out in 13 years in advocacy work with trauma. Yeah. But I thought I still want to advocate for people. And this just evolved. And I was friends with a midwife and she said, you should really do this. And I gave it a shot. And yeah, I absolutely love it.
0: And just went from there.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. We're doing a similar episode with some of the folks that work at GBS with me. And one of the things I was describing, like before we met You and went through this whole journey. I feel like the way media portrays, not even the media, but I feel like just the way it's, I guess, portrayed by society is like, oh, happy pregnancy, it's easy, have the baby, everyone goes home, everyone sleeps. It's like this magical thing, and you might have some tough times, but it's they're not huge obstacles, not painted at all as potentially like a mountain to overcome, and you've seen firsthand what like we've gone through and what Kelly's gone through and everything like that. I guess, why is that? Is it because, I don't know, I don't even know how to ask it, but did you, did you feel like that was the case that like you had a different idea of what it was supposed to be compared to what your experience actually was?
1: Absolutely. I often tell people that I work with that, Society sets us up to fail basically in general. The second you get pregnant, you, there's, everybody has an opinion and you're set up to fail. Oh, yeah. But most people want to scare you yeah. and that's probably from their trauma, right? They yeah. want to scare you about the birth experience. Oh, it's going to be so horrible and this and that and you're going to tear and it's awful and you're going to put it's terrifying and then you get to bring the baby home and it's just wonderful. Enjoy it. I really, I'll tell people like birth, you can manage. It's going to happen one way or another and you can do hard things. Postpartum is where the real experience, like the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult. And we've changed so much as a society versus even the 50s and 60s. Birth looks different than it used to. And postpartum looks different than it used to. And we used to really have, we used to live closer family. We used to have larger families. And we just built communities. If women weren't working, they were all collectively in neighborhoods, helping each other raise children. And I think we just had more support. Yeah. And you can still have that. It's just going to look a little bit different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. People are more isolated now. And yeah, that's a really good point. I want to jump to two things. We can go to the first part and a little bit come to the second, but basically the different things that individuals across the pregnancy and in postpartum timeline could struggle with that aren't exactly visible. So in particular, any kind of mental health pieces, but also other things that just might not be as apparent or, yeah, visible to maybe a partner or a family member from the point of someone maybe considering pregnancy to across the time of them being pregnant and afterwards and then the second part that we'll jump to is like tips for the different individuals who are connected and what they can do but yeah in your work have you are there other are common things that you know aren't as front facing that are pretty common for people who are pregnant to to experience that can be hard to overcome or hard to manage on top of everything else that's going on
1: A lot. I don't think we even have enough time to mention all of them. I think people sometimes don't give enough weight to how much of a mental and emotional shift it is becoming a parent. And I think it brings up a lot of our individual kind of attachment issues that we have. And we talk a lot about trauma, like these things resurface. And we don't really think about that. We don't give weight to that. We just think of the physical process of the labor and amp delivery and all the toys we need and all the the things consumerism tells you to buy. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a situation where this is if you're looking to get pregnant, have these conversations with your partner and it's a good time to get straight with all the issues that might come up. And then we know there are red flags as you go into birth. That might make your birth a little bit more traumatic, or should I say, put you at higher risk for having a traumatic experience. Yeah. And that's going to be any previous trauma. If you live in a community of color or you are a person of color, if you have mental health issues and that can run the gamut. Yeah. And again, so many if you live under that umbrella. Even the hospital system itself can be seen as a system of harm. Yeah. So you're walking into this. And then if you don't have a great kind of family system set up or the dynamics with your partner, that can be really difficult as well. And then if you do experience a traumatic birth, which again is really relative, any experience that you feel was traumatic counts, even the smoothest of births. When people say, oh, I just want healthy baby, healthy mom, that is the bare minimum. Right. And then they come into this postpartum experience and they're having these huge hormonal shifts and they get home and they're alone, and nobody told them it would be this hard. Yeah, and then you're just like, it's a triple whammy that you're being set up for.
0: Yeah, would it be fair to characterize it a bit in a way that's it's it's such a variable experience, and it's so personal with the parents and the baby and birth plan. Yet society has almost carved out this cookie cutter approach of where, yeah, if you fit into this, you'll be good. But if not, it's creates all these obstacles because it's not like necessarily set up for the way that might be the best fit for like your preferences or your physical needs or your your cultural fit, things like that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And like we just mentioned, the second you get pregnant, everybody has opinions. And most of those opinions range from there. It's a dichotomy. You have to give birth on a bed of moss in the forest next to a baby deer and no interventions and earth mama. Yeah. Or what's your birth goal? Oh, my birth goal is to get the baby out. Yeah. Ah. And it's, there. there can be a middle point. And we don't need to be so hard set on the exact birth according to what other people's experiences are or how it should work. This is your birth. This is your body. This is your experience. And that includes your partner and your family system and all of your cultural values. And that should be taken into account for you to have the best birth experience for you.
0: Yeah, that makes sense, too. Uh, I joined all these mom groups online when Nina's sleep was just a mess. And I still... See them from time to time. And I think the one I was reading this morning, unfortunately, there's a lot of, I don't want to say necessarily horror stories, but moms posting where they are not getting the support they need. And honestly, I started reading one this morning. and I thought it was going down that same path. It was, I think they maybe have a one-year-old and the mom was saying that they got up early. They took their one daughter to dance and was juggling with the one-year-old and tried to get them down for a nap and had to do laundry and the dishes. And I thought it was going to essentially be like, I had to do all this. And my partner was not anywhere to be found, but he was doing something else productive. And then she laid down for a nap and he, I guess, turned off her alarm and took the kids and did something nice. And it was, it received all this praise and I, it was nice that it happened. The woman was really happy, but at the same time, I think it received so much praise and like upvotes and whatever else, because there's so many of the opposite stories. Like when I read that, I was like, yeah, that's like how it should be. That's a nice gesture, but that's what partners should be doing for each other. I guess I was bringing that up to say what, it seems like a lot of moms have to deal with that isolated feeling, not just with the pregnancy piece and with birth, but also in some of the upbringing and newborn stage to infant. What more can... What can partners do what can family members do mm-hmm. any tips or thoughts on that kind of piece to to help i guess get away from that isolated
1: experience Absolutely, yeah. parenting can be a really lonely experience yeah especially if you're a stay-at-home parent for yeah. any amount of time i think it can start at the beginning and a lot of these again we're setting the stage here that it's some archaic gender roles that play into this mm-hmm. but it starts young like are the sex education we get isn't necessarily yeah. equal yeah. or adequate so we have a lot of partners and dads specifically that come to the childbirth education classes or that are my dual clients that are and there's no shame to this i always say there's no stupid questions and they're very like i've learned more about the female anatomy in this class than i've learned my entire life and i was like good i'm glad you hear it that that's my experience that's the way to start but boy is that yeah mean. yeah and yeah. and then there's stereotypes of dads that aren't involved in the birth. Dads used to be kept in the waiting room. Yeah. And so it's I'm doing my released. best. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm roping dads in. I'm like, this is your birth process too. Let me show you. And everybody's scared. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Let me rope you in and help you and just know that being there is the biggest hurdle. And then afterwards, it's I think because of how we decline to discuss the postpartum experience in general most people don't know how to support a new parent and a new mom yeah and so it's getting real and talking about it. the first thing most people want to do when they come in is they're like great hand me the baby and go rest that's the last thing i need yeah i want to hold my baby yeah i'm struggling with infant feeding or if you're yeah. breastfeeding we're trying to learn it there's everything else that needs to get done And Jennifer, who teaches the infant feeding class, talks about that a lot, too. Talk to your partner and we talk about love languages. Like, what is her love language? How does she feel loved? And if it's acts of service, get her food, bring her food, bring her a water, clean the house, do the laundry like you. You might feel useless in that time when she's figuring out how to breastfeed and she's sleeping and it's like her and the baby and you're left. This is that season for you as a partner, like you can pick up the slack and how can you best show up for each other? And it does get hard. A lot of parents are doing their best and they're like ships in the night, taking shifts and everything like that. And that's, again, where the rubber meets the road. And that's things that you need to be talking about in pregnancy as well.
0: Great response. Great tips. I remember that the ships passing in the night feeling for those. I don't remember how long it was, but I just remember the early days where we just like one of us was always awake with her and it was just the trade-offs and not knowing what day it was what time it was and yeah yeah it's a whole thing can you talk a little bit about your experience personally as a new mom flashing back to when yeah was little
1: i my mom had passed away a year before so i was carrying that into yeah. it like in that grief that trauma and I've talked to several moms since then that have been in a similar situation. In fact, one of them being my dual clients. And it is this like special unfortunate club because like I said, so many of those family system feelings and thoughts are brought up as you're going through something scary and then you're becoming the parent and all of a sudden you're in this dual role of remembering yourself as a child and now you're a parent. And, and what was that experience for you, mom or dad, et cetera? And so I was in that space and I was very guarded and I just felt like I just want this to be me and my husband and it's just us and I don't want anybody helping and I just crashed and I burned Yeah. and I had no idea. I'd never been around anybody that was postpartum. I was the first in my friend group to be- get pregnant. The baby wouldn't breastfeed and the pump. Anybody that tells people that are pumping that their life is so much easier is mean because it's Those- not. It's like yeah. y- you pump you change the baby, you wash the pump parts, repeat. And that was my life. And I got down to 92 pounds and I was having all these intrusive thoughts and I wasn't sleeping. And I just thought this is just what it is. This is the struggle until I talked to somebody and they said, this is not normal. Yes, postpartum is hard. What you're experiencing is above and beyond. And so then it's become important to me as a postpartum doula to sit with parents and be like, sure, this is a normal part of it. And I'm sorry. It really sucks right now. And level with me and I can be here. Tell me what you need and I can help you in the best ways I know how. But also we can talk about the scary parts. We can talk about the worst parts about it. And then I can tell you and encourage you when you reach a point where I'm like, reach out. It's okay to get help. That's it's all right. We need help.
0: Yeah, gosh, there are so many things that I'm just talking through it that the average person with no experience could think it's one way. And then in reality, I don't even know what to compare it to in society. It's like that much far off as what's been put on TV shows and, and right. movies are just like what you assume growing up because it doesn't really get talked about or a lot of people block it out or whatever. Right. Yeah, the sleep stuff. I remember, you know, when we were doing that ships passing in the night thing, I mean, like a post online because I didn't know what it wasn't working for me or for Kelly and the resounding response was Kelly's got to get like a whole lot more sleep than just like 4 or 5 uninterrupted hours before switching over now I hadn't even thought of that that was such a good key piece and then everything else happened and then it was really clear okay I need to do these overnight so she can get as much rest as she can but I bet you a lot of people don't even think of that or have exactly the opportunity to rearrange things to make sure mom gets that kind of sleep and that's just one aspect of it and we're just yeah
1: i know it's different with what kind of birth you have yeah. what kind of feeding yeah. you're doing how you, yeah. some babies come home and sleep six hours a night yeah, some babies want to be attached to the breast and they're up every hour and a half and so it's totally different on every single individual family and baby
0: yeah remember we had a scenario the genie with three wishes yeah okay we're doing that but we do it with one thing you wish or hope for people who are pregnant postpartum and then family so essentially let's go with the families if you go get a genie wave a magic wand whatever it is and you wish like all families would realize how much mom needs or go to therapy okay. something like that that you could just Gift them or have happened that could make mom's lives easier, better.
1: One, it feels like a cheat, but one answer would be if our government and our country, all countries had three months paid paternal leave for both partners. Can you imagine Mm -hmm. a gift that would be to take the stress off, to still have income, and to just be like, all right, we both can handle this for three months. We're a team, we're in this together.
0: Yeah. How's it going? What about, so one thing you wish, and it could be something like you wish they would all know too. So for people who are pregnant, is there like you wish they'd all take a certain class or something like that? Anything that comes to mind for newly pregnant? Individuals? Yeah.
1: I think that education is yeah. empowerment, right? I think everyone needs to feel empowered to make their own decision and find the best birth for them and their family. Yeah. And you don't know what you don't know. That's the biggest thing. And you don't have any options if you don't research your options. Mm-hmm. I don't want labor and delivery and postpartum should be something that happens to you. I want you to be an integral part of it. That's yeah. my wish for every client I have.
0: Yeah. And then the first one or the last one I do postpartum, but look, Nia just turned over and look how cute she looks.
1: Oh, she's really cute. <laughs> A
0: little model baby. Yeah, and then the last one, postpartum. I feel like there's the most for this one. Like wave the magic wand and all postpartum depression psychosis like doesn't exist or everyone gets great sleep there's a lot you could go there but any of the top of the list for what you could
2: wouldn't get. it be
1: great if postpartum doulas were covered by insurance yeah that'd be amazing if you could have oh, somebody come gosh. in yeah. during the day or even like a night nurse or i think people just need more support we used yeah. to we came from these yeah family systems where even you know in like most Latino cultures like families live together and there's the new baby there's the mom and there's the grandma and you're all like taking shifts and doing what you can and making the house work Yeah, and we need to go back to some of that somehow and I think postpartum doulas might be the future for that
0: yeah yeah, that's a great point because that covers a lot of different stuff all in one and helps obviously the postpartum doulas without having to always be looking out for new families it would just happen a lot more organically and then what about families like Maybe parents or partners, anything for that group that you
1: like, parents of birthing people. Yeah. We need to make sure that we respect everybody's choice. I'm sure that my child's choice in parenting and birthing is going to look so different than mine. And I'm going to have to bite my tongue so many times. But caring for them as a new parent is going to look like feeding them, helping them get sleep, helping take care of the house not making yourself an inconvenience, not letting them take care of you and not putting all the pressure on being the baby. Yeah. And for partners, I think just knowing that like, this is your experience too and showing up and being there and being vulnerable and open and experiencing those emotions and just like doing your share.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Great point. Anything else you want to add on either that topic or just maternal wellness overall covered a lot
1: covered a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is it's okay to start talking about stuff. I welcome it. And I think even the archaic rule of saying, don't tell anybody you're pregnant until you're three months along. That's not based in science. That's based on everybody's discomfort with miscarriage. Yeah. And we're opening up and we're talking about it more. And that's benefiting everybody. Don't push your negative experiences yeah. on people that are about to give birth, but find a mental health therapist, find a friend you can talk to that isn't about to give birth. And really, I think the way that we can end this culture of birth trauma is hiring doulas, hiring people that care about you, having more help systems of support, and then also getting your needs met and being honest about your feelings and talking about things.
2: Yeah,
0: that's perfect. I was going to ask while well, you were answering that any recommended like outlets for people that do want to talk but don't necessarily feel comfortable in like their immediate confines but yeah, you talk about whether it's mental health therapist or maybe it's a support group or a friend that doesn't have kids there's a lot of different options exactly yeah yeah thank you for joining thank you and for talking about this
2: and thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you next time